Welcome to Nutrition Without Compromise, a podcast brought to you by Orlo Nutrition. We believe that nutrition shouldn't be an either-or, that you should never have to sacrifice your morals for your health or that of our home planet. Join natural products veteran Karina Belizzi and experts from around the globe as they discuss healthy solutions that are better for you and better for the planet. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me today for another great discussion around nutrition and health without compromise. Today, I'm joined by Tia Morel Walden, a fellow podcaster who you've met before and sometimes co-host and collaborator of Nutrition Without Compromise. Today, we're going to dig into prenatal nutrition as Tia has just entered her third trimester. So Tia, welcome. Thank you, Karina. It's crazy to believe that we are here now in the beginning of the third trimester. It's a home stretch. And before you know it, you'll have that little baby bundle in your arms. Healthy young boy. That's my prediction. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so as it stands today, I wanted to start by talking a little bit about the tips or tricks that you might have for people early in their pregnancy journey, and perhaps even when they're thinking about becoming pregnant. What would you advise that individual to do from a nutrition perspective so that they can really be on track and keep their best energy levels throughout pregnancy? I firmly believe if possible, not all pregnancies are planned, but if possible, starting ahead of time. So starting taking your prenatals, if you can, a year or at least a couple months prior to becoming pregnant. It does feel like you're begetting pregnant, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And then also just focusing on your water intake, because that is something that is going to increase. Even if you are an active water drinker, you're going to increase that during pregnancy knowing and reminding yourself to go back to those basics. What does nature intend us to eat? And start eating those again because pregnancy and your body growing another human is actually a very natural process if you are setting it up in the proper ways. Well, often women, especially in that first trimester, worry about getting adequate nutrition because they have so much nausea. And I was in that camp. I learned I was pregnant with my first boy somewhat unplanned accident, but I mean, we'd been married for several years and I discovered I was pregnant based on the symptoms I was having. So thankfully, I had been a consumer of omega-3 supplements and also a daily multivitamin for a long, long time. So I was a little less worried about being deficient in certain key nutrients that would be needed to make a baby. But during that first trimester, I had a really hard time eating pretty much anything. And I found that the foods I was able to consume without as much trouble were very simple, like a bagel with cream cheese. And perhaps that wasn't what my ideal breakfast would be. I might want to eat something that was more protein-based, but my body was just saying no. And so what did you do in that early phase to make sure you were getting adequate nutrition, or at least enough to not be falling flat? I can relate to your (laughs) struggle with that too, because especially that first trimester, I was shocked because I love vegetables. But during that time, I couldn't even look at one without like feeling my mouth starting to water. And so I had to listen to my body because I know I needed to take in some fuel, right? We can't eat nothing. 
So I was in the same boat. I loved a lot of those carbs versus the protein or the vegetables themselves. And allowing your body to do its thing by trying to keep the food in and really focusing on what can I consume right now? Like what does sound good? And how can I maybe sneak in some extra protein or sneak in some extra greens and doing so in a way that doesn't feel like you're forcing yourself to eat this something that is totally aversion to what you actually want. And so what I did was when I was craving something like smoothies or something like that, like something really sweet, I would throw in the extra handful of spinach, throw in some collagen, places where you're not going to really feel like you're forcing down a steak or forcing down this big salad that you really aren't hungry for. Because I struggled with that my first trimester too. And really reminding yourself that this is just one trimester out of the three. And you are going to have different changes in your taste and what you can stomach throughout the next couple of weeks. And so just making it a one decision at a time versus feeling like you're falling flat and that you can't make up for it. But also reminding yourself that you are taking a prenatal, hopefully, whether you've started that prior to or started that once you did find out. And that is going to help you if you pick the right prenatal and making sure that you do take, especially like you said, that prenatal DHA and omega-3s because you're going to get in a lot more nutrients that way, even if your diet is mostly bagels and cream cheese. Right. So um, one of the things I did to sneak in protein during that time, you hit the nail on the head, was protein shakes because I could throw some fruits into a protein shake. I could throw in even some greens to make sure I was getting enough of that stuff. I also found that during my first pregnancy, I almost had an allergic reaction to bell peppers. And it was a very strange thing because my body just did not want to eat bell peppers. And if I did consume bell peppers, I would feel very sick. My older son, he didn't like bell peppers. He still doesn't like bell peppers. It's such a strange connection. I wondered if I had somehow imprinted that on him, but I have served him bell peppers a number of times throughout his life. He's seven now and he still won't eat them. It is weird how that happens, right? (laughs) (laughs) So somehow his body was informing mine that this was just not something that he wanted. And so today I can consume bell peppers again. My younger son, who, of course, different pregnancy, right? He will literally eat a bell pepper like an apple, like it's a snack. Oh my gosh, that's funny. So there's just key differences between children. And I do think there's something to the child informing you the nutrition that they need as well during that pregnancy time. And we get all sorts of interesting cravings. I do want to give another tip specifically to dealing with nausea during that early phase of pregnancy. People will tell you things like, oh, ginger or teas containing ginger. I personally never really found that to help. But what I did find to help was that if I kept at least some food in my stomach at most times, I would have less nausea. And one of the key foods that I kept on hand was simply almonds. And so I could consume a small handful of almonds and keep something in my stomach at most times. I also would trend towards baby carrots because for some reason those seemed to work for me. So find a couple of healthy foods that work for you and just snack a little bit throughout the day. So that's just another key tip. And I've heard that from a lot of moms too, that just having a little bit of something in their stomach helped to battle at least a little bit of that. Yeah, I can attest to that too. I was the same way. As long as I was snacking or had something small, like nothing substantial, I could not eat big meals at that time either. And so kind of reworking my schedule of eating to recognize that I'm not going to have my big three main meals that I typically did. 
it's going to change and that's okay. And allowing that change in your body is so key without trying to judge it or manipulate it in what you think should be happening. That's right. So let's talk for a moment about the supplements that you take and when you take them, because this is something that you mentioned a little bit earlier, getting them before you intend to get pregnant is ideal. And then maintaining them after you begin nursing or after you deliver the baby to ensure that you're replenishing your stores. But some of the science is very, very interesting as it relates to pregnancy and healthy babies. One of them is that if you get enough DHA during your pregnancy, it's positively correlated. And I say correlated because it's not like a direct connection has a causal direction has necessarily been determined, but it's positively correlated with better birth weights, which means that your baby is born at a fuller term and a little bit bigger, right? And bigger babies tend to have the ability to handle early sicknesses a little bit better. They tend to be more mobile earlier. They tend to be just generally a little bit healthier. And so one key thing that will help them do that is DHA, important fat. Now, there's a really good reason for this too. It literally makes up half of the fat in our brain and in our eyes. And so it's directly tied to the development of healthy brain and healthy eyes, in addition to just being involved in every cellular process that we might have. So key nutrient to get in, the Orlo prenatal DHA packs exactly what you need in a daily dose which is over 300 milligrams of DHA, along with some supportive EPA as well. And that's in the polar lipid form, which means it will be better absorbed by your body. Also less likely to cause any nausea or anything like that because of that, because it gets absorbed more quickly. And also it's just in these super small pills, so easy to swallow. I mention this because again, during my early phase of pregnancy, one of the symptoms that helped me discover that I was pregnant was that I went to take my morning vitamin, which was a tablet. And as people who take tablet vitamins might know, they tend to have like this B vitamin-y smell and taste. And I literally got it about halfway down my throat and it came right back up. And so along with the water, it was unpleasant because of the odor and it was also just big. And so smaller pills that don't have any odor or flavor or taste or any of that are much, much easier to handle during especially that first trimester. And the Orlo product fits the bill there 100%. Another positive vitamin specifically for better birth weights and fuller term babies is vitamin D. So make sure that you're getting enough vitamin D in your day-to-day. You can get a simple blood test at your doctor's or you can even buy that blood test from a pharmacy if you want to. So checking those levels is important. Something else to consider, you're actually building a lot more blood during pregnancy and a lot more blood. Like your level of blood increases by half again as much as you would typically have in your body because you're creating all of these blood vessels to feed that baby. And so because of this, your iron levels need to be considered. So even though you're not bleeding each month, You're creating so much more blood than you typically would that some pregnant women will get a little anemic and that impacts your energy levels. It impacts how you feel and it also impacts your health overall. So get at that simple ferritin test, see where your levels are on iron and you can go to many, many foods to get higher levels of that specific food-based iron, the folates of the world if you need to. 
ferritin, sorry, not folate. Folate's also important for pregnancy. I shouldn't confuse the two. I just get stuck in the Fs here. (laughs) Yes, you're so right. So any other tips on the supplement space? What are you thinking? First of all, you've hit three of the ones that I'm taking (laughs) currently. (laughs) That's like I'm guessing. (laughs) Right. So I'm definitely doing that prenatal since the day I found out I was pregnant. If I would have been more planned out, I would have taken that prior. And then with that, I'm taking the Orlo prenatal DHA. And I love that because of everything you said. It's small. It's easy to take. It does not make me upset, my stomach upset, even if I don't eat something prior, which is not very common for vitamins, in my opinion. I'm also taking that vitamin D because my levels were low and an iron supplement because my red blood cell count was low as well. And I was feeling extremely fatigued. Because you're building so much blood. I mean, this is something people don't talk about. Like your blood levels are so high. I mean, it makes sense because you're building a baby. You're building another human. You've got all of these blood vessels that you're building in your uterus too. Like, so your volume of blood just increases so much. Anyway, I wish I had known that earlier too. Well, and reminding yourself too, like, yes, the fatigue, the tiredness that you feel, the exhaustion, like that may be common in pregnancy, but it doesn't have to be normal to that extent where like I could tell that I was more tired, more exhausted than I felt I should have been. And so I did go and ask my midwife to test my levels and knowing like I got the results back and it said even everything is considered normal in pregnancy. And then when I dove down in, I looked at it and I'm like, my red blood cell count was on the low end. And so that was affecting me. And I took it into my own hands to research a good iron supplement to make up for that. But also reminding myself that I still need to consume those leafy greens. And if you're eating meat, like increasing your red meat intake of quality meat and making sure that you do not think that the supplements are going to make up for having a very highly processed diet at the same time. And I'm also taking an oral probiotic right now in the third trimester just to reduce the chances of GBS. And I'm taking a magnesium. Okay, what is GBS? Let's talk about that. Group B strep. And so I want to reduce that because I don't want to have to take antibiotics during my labor and birth because I really hope to do this naturally. And I want my baby to get all of the good bacteria during a vaginal birth. And so if I can reduce my chances, I'm going to take everything I can to do that. So I'm taking that oral probiotic. And I'm also taking a magnesium supplement because I did struggle with having constipation throughout pregnancy, even with a healthy diet. It also helps contribute to a good night's sleep, getting that extra magnesium in, which also has been a problem for me this pregnancy. So having that kind of hit two birds, one stone is perfect, in my opinion. Well, I love that. Let's talk about the magnesium for a moment. So just so everyone here is clear, there's also a couple of other things that happen during pregnancy with a greater frequency. Women are prone to calf cramping or charley horses in the middle of the night. And so magnesium specifically, guess what it does? It helps your muscles relax. This is part of how it enables you to really relax, right? Because your muscles are physically releasing. And so calcium, on the other hand, actually helps your muscles to contract. And so each of these things works in a different way for some of the same kind of functions within the body. They're almost opposing, right? So you need these things in balance. But if you're not getting enough magnesium, you also won't build healthy bones. And so it's a really kind of interesting 
nutrient that your body needs. It's a mineral you must get from your diet. It does happen to be high in certain foods that also have calcium. But again, if you're not eating enough of them, you're not getting enough. And so what I started to do, especially when I was in later pregnancy, both times I started to have a little constipation in the third trimester, but didn't have it earlier, was I would actually create a concoction with Peter Gillum's Calms, the Calms supplement from Natural, I think it's Natural Vitality is a brand or something like that. Anyway, I would put a scoop of that in a cup of chamomile tea and drink it at night. And so it would be kind of my relaxing into the evening way of going about my day. And I didn't have the calf cramping anymore at night. I also was more regular. So everything, it just worked naturally to help even things out. There are great food sources too of iron that are not animal-based. So I want to talk for a moment about one of my favorite vegetables, which is the beet. This is something that I actually cut into matchsticks kind of size pieces and I add to every salad I make. I also love pickled beets and pickled foods are really high in probiotics. And so these are both natural sources of things that your body is going to need to keep a healthy flora, to help do some of what Tia is doing right now by making sure that she takes a probiotic each day. You can do some of that through foods too. So if you happen to like sauerkraut, if you like pickled beets, if you like pickled foods of other sorts, you're going to be positively impacting your gut microbiome with these foods. And with beets in particular, you're really going to be increasing your levels of that iron. Now, I'm actually participating in a course right now with Dr. William Lee, the Eat to Beat Disease course. And one of the things he talks about is the importance of getting beets into your diet and how they are health promoting. He says specifically, you've got to chew them or juice them. And so if you're chewing your beets really well, you're getting all of the phytonutrients from them that you need, or you can even just drink a beet juice. Now, one of the problems of getting these high iron foods is sometimes they can lead to constipation, which is that problem T and I were just talking about. So balancing that by getting enough magnesium can also help you out. Wow. Okay. I think we've covered a lot of ground. I think so too. And I think what you hit was really important too, is like reminding that like, yes, we need to take these supplements, but that doesn't replace the healthy eating for me. And so focusing on other nutrients in my diet, like you already hit on and like protein being one of them, vegetables, of course, at every meal and even things like you said, beets. And I've done tart cherry juice to help sleeping as well because it's high in magnesium. Currently, that's kind of giving me some heartburn at night. So I've had to switch it up. And the beet juice might be great too, but it might also cause some of that. I get that, especially in the late trimester. My second child, I started to get more reflux. The first one, it didn't happen. Second one, it did. And so I would try to sleep in my recliner just because all the pressure and the organs and everything else would basically your stomach is way up under your rib cage and pushed up at that point. And so your esophagus, you can just tend to kind of have a little of that creep. It can be very uncomfortable. Yes, it definitely can be. And even moving some of those things into the different part of your day I've had success with. So I've moved it, like I've made gelatin out of tart cherry juice now because then you also get like a lot of protein. That's really helped me too. So like I'm getting that magnesium at some point and I haven't had any issues with leg cramping yet, knock on wood. 
You probably won't because you're taking the magnesium. Right. And having that extra gelatin in my body has helped me stretch and grow and promote healthy skin in that way too. And knowing like how itchy you can get and stuff like that, it's really actually reduced it, which I thought I'd be more itchy in my third trimester. And so far I haven't been. It was like extra itchy in the first trimester, which also could play with the time of year and weather where I live. All right. So before we wrap, let's talk for a minute about those particular foods that you're working to bring in to increase your levels of folic acid or folate to get your iron levels right and to support that magnesium. Are there any others that you're really leaning on? I have also been really leaning on my nuts and my seeds, making sure that I consume like my hemp seeds and my green leafy vegetables, especially those have been important. Whether I actually am wanting a salad that day, I will either make a nice green leafy salad or I will throw in a couple of handfuls in a smoothie. And that really hits a lot of categories in my book because you can get in that protein, you can get in seeds, you can get in leafy vegetables, you can add in beets to those, you can add in different things to make this power packed snack or meal, depending on where you're at in your pregnancy. Because now I feel like all snacks feel like meals currently because I get so full so quick. And through other herbal supplements, even like through teas, but also recognizing that listening to your body for which teas are okay and which teas aren't looking into that and even asking your physician or your midwife, depending on your comfortability level with it. Now, you also mentioned gelatin or different proteins. Like you can literally take a collagen that's powdered and dissolve it in a cup of coffee if you wanted to, or in a tea. And what I find is that when you drink that, its texture might get a little bit different, but you don't really notice a flavor. And so if you're adding it to, let's say, a warm tea that you enjoy drinking, it's going to dissolve right in very quickly. And then you can just drink that to get some more protein and also collagen to build that healthy skin. So it's a really innocuous way to get more nutrition packed into your diet, whether or not you're pregnant. That's very true. Some of the, I think taking these tips outside of pregnancy is important and recognizing to like, a lot of the stuff I'm going to hang on to, especially during postpartum and breastfeeding, because they're just as important during that time too. Your body is being depleted of a lot of nutrients to give to your baby. And so replenishing them on a daily basis as much as you can is important. Absolutely. So there's one more thing I want to touch on before we wrap, and that relates to postpartum. Now, when I was through my first pregnancy, my midwife, who I thought was very well-schooled in nutrition, she seemed to be very primed in that arena. And I'm, I can be a bit of a critic, right? Given my experience. But about three or four months after my pregnancy, she said, oh, well, you can stop taking a DHA supplement now unless you're planning on having a second child. And I just looked at her and said, but wait, I'm breastfeeding. My baby is getting its DHA from my breast milk. What happens to my levels if I stop supplementing? And she just looked at me. And I said, that's right. It's not a wise decision to stop supplementing with that DHA while I'm nursing. And even beyond that, because my body will still replenish its levels. So I just think it's critically important, even though a product might be called prenatal DHA, it's a postnatal product too. And you should keep taking your omegas well after the pregnancy has stopped. And so what I will just say across the board is you're never going to go wrong by getting enough omega-3s and continuing to take them every day of your life. And my husband calls me the omega-3 evangelist for this very reason, 
But when I miss taking them, and I'm several years past my pregnancies at this point, I notice a difference when I miss taking them. And so if you notice a difference when you stop taking a particular supplement, it generally means it's doing good in your body. Yes. And good for you to speak up to like, not just to take whatever your midwife is telling you for what it is, like just actually listening to your gut, knowing you do have a lot of education on it, but also looking into it after your doctor may recommend something to see if it actually does align with you is important and advocating for your health because you know your body best. They don't know it best for you. They may have a lot of schooling behind them, but they haven't lived one day in your body. So when a doctor or a midwife tells you to stop supplementing with something that you know your body needs to feed the baby that you're feeding with your body, perhaps you should continue supplementing a little bit longer. And perhaps also that doctor should improve their recommendations to include that postnatal life when your body is the primary nutrition source for that baby. So think about things a little bit more clearly, make the decisions that are right for you, but do your best to get as informed as possible, especially during this time of your life, if you're pregnant or if you're nursing. So Tia, where can people connect with you to learn more about nutrition and health as it relates to holistic living? I know you have a book out there as well called Obsessed with Mindful Eating, but where would you advise them to come to you if they want to connect specifically about this? Yes, I do have a book and I'm also actively on Instagram at tia.walden. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Tia Walden, and now on TikTok, tia.walden. Oh, well, thank you for that. And we'll have to get some crazy cute videos together with you, perhaps even from this interview. Thank you, Tia, for all you do. This has just been a great informative episode for anyone that is handling the challenges of pregnancy right now. I will be following up in a future episode on the topic of prenatal health with our friend Gretchen Van Ice. She is a registered dietitian and expert in omega-3s, and we're going to dig deeply into the topic of what it takes to build healthy baby and how omegas are related to that. So I'll encourage listeners to be ready for that episode as it comes down the pike. And for all of you that are here with me today, I would encourage you to follow Tia Walden and everything that she's doing in social spaces. She is actually sharing a lot of really helpful information about nutrition and health and specifically during those pregnancy times. So you can find her on Instagram at tia.walden and also on TikTok at tia.walden. All of the resources that we discussed in this show, including links to important research on omega-3s in pregnancy, will be available in show notes at orlonutrition.com. You can find the Orlo prenatal DHA listed there as well. Tia, any closing thoughts before we wrap? I just want to give all mamas out there and future mamas the reminder that every pregnancy is different. Listening to your body is key and making the the holistic decision for wellness is a good way to go. You can't go wrong with going back to the basics and focusing on those whole foods. That's fantastic. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. I'm going to raise a cup and say here's to your health. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Without Compromise. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to learn more, visit orlonutrition.com and join our mailing list. You'll gain access to complete show notes, features, and informative blogs because nutrition shouldn't be an either or.